black people don't read. Black Reading is fundamental. Get a book, man. Get the great stories. The great thing about reading is that it broadens your, your life. You know, we all live our lives, but I think a reader lives a hundred other lives. Welcome back to Inspire Reads with Inspire Entertainment. I'm your host, Mohammed Imam, joined by my co-host, Shamaki. Today, we're joined by a very special guest. It's Yasin from Scope. Hey, what's up, guys? It's me. So this week is episode 14. We're joined by uh, Yasin here. He does a lot of interesting things. He's got his podcast Hello, going guys. Um, it's called I'm Afraid It's Terminal. You know, I was shouting you out in the last episode, but I was, I was struggling with the name. I, I was like, it's something to do with Terminal, but I just don't know what it is. Uh, Heathrow, I don't know. <laughs> 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 yeah, so. See, the whole reason why I picked that is supposed to be memorable. But clearly, I didn't do a good job. Yeah, no, I definitely didn't, mate. Yeah. I'm joking. Out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so he does his podcast, I'm Afraid It's Terminal, but he's also um, friends with uh, our previous guest Musa from Scope so they do their um, talk show together and I think you've got something coming up with Weather Network don't you so the Scope is going on that or something uh, you want to just talk about that briefly yeah yeah so I mean uh, we've got we've got a few things coming up so we've got a segment uh, on Weather Network where we're going to have our show hosted on, on their channel for a bit um, we've also got an event coming up in Stockholm Sweden mm. on Saturday so uh, I think the tickets are sold out, mm. but yeah, yeah if you've out. got a ticket, come through. Yeah, it'll be nice to see quick. you guys. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah I'll suck myself. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that'll be Saturday the 10th, if whoever's going there. Just make sure you, you, you be be present and interact with them and enjoy yourself. So hopefully, uh, not like our style day. We were at the sci-fi event, last, uh, was it last night? No, the night before, Friday night, we were at the, we were at the sci-fi event uh, when we talked about it in our last podcast. So yeah. all, the, so all the students from the universities across the... Uh, England, they all raised, like, all came together to raise money, and yeah, they did an amazing job, man. Like fifty nine thousand raised in February alone, like that's crazy. Uh, like, yeah, that was such a sick initiative, man. Mm. And yeah, the fact that all these people were like from all these different uh, areas of the UK and different tribes, but if you if you want to even say that, like, if you want to throw it back to that, like just like, because that's a big thing as well. If you think about it, it's like all of them coming together, like in, in a good like positive vibe. Like, there's there's no like negative. Like energy at all. I, don't, I yeah. hate using those terms. It just, ah, uh, it just makes me cringe. It's, it's a bit abstract, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Like everyone, everyone's blessed. You can just tell everyone's. Yeah, everyone exactly, here is cool. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You can feel when the air is off and and the sci-fi. Exactly. With the sci-fi, like it's all like good intentions. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, from the like everyone I spoke to was just cool. And like I walked from the station to the event with someone, and, like some random people I never met, and we, we kicked it off a little bit. And yeah, um, it's it's beautiful to see, especially that the fact that it's like all the younger generation from like twenty two to 18, like eighteen to twenty two or whatever. And yeah, it's it, it's like I think it gives us a lot of hope that there's like a bright future for that generation. You know. I mean, a sixty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think these younger lot are like much more active, active and yeah. involved. Yeah. Than, than, <laughs> But people yeah. my age and a bit older were, you know what I mean? it's good to see and yeah people people your age <laughs> and people our age as well I'm, I'm 22 in it so um, it, it, I think it's important that us with the experience and like the, the, the majority of us are working now and like we, we know how to do when we're, like most of us like all the lot that are creative as well that are active in other things it's important that we, like we make sure that we're there to guide them and make sure they're on the right path even though they already are I think like just that, that little bit of experience it definitely helps and yeah, it, it's, it's great to see yeah. and I think there's a, definitely a bright future for Somalia yeah which, it goes along right which um, Somalia and Allah exactly because <laughs> in, in the media they're, they're always publicising about like all the bad things to do to Somalia and it's, it's, it's mad irritating I think from every Somali's point of view and there was a stabbing that happened earlier in the month was it like 30 February 
mid-February yeah. in, in London. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, yeah, like yeah. nations are always like shrouded in, in darkness and, and like the media is always putting us in a bad spot. I was reading an article the other day about how like the British um, media and all the British like articles, like academic articles that, that go to interact with Somalia and stuff, they always publicize us in a way that's like negative or, or like not just the nation itself but also the people of the nation like the, the people are depraved that's the one thing that said like the people are depraved and i was like well how are you just stereotyping whole people and, and the fact that all these different people believe that as well it's just crazy and yeah so it's like yeah even like when somalia is referred to it they come from war-torn country yeah, somalia yeah. they come from poverty-stricken somalia like there's always a bad adjective to go along with somalia exactly. as if like that's the only thing which is why which is why what you guys are doing and what all somalis around the country more and more so are doing nowadays which is getting involved in the media mm. and getting involved in paying that narrative is is so important exactly. because we can have our own sources of information instead of relying on, on these corporations who don't give a shit yeah and yeah to wrap that up like it was it was great to see that and like uh, like what 350 people turned up to an event um and where you know in just one month 69,000 was raised like that, 59 59 yeah 59 but yeah 59,000 was raised and like, like yeah, you can't even like you can't even downplay that number even though it's like why is why is it's that a, it's a huge exactly man why is that not in the news 60k in the month that, i mean <laughs> I was so shocked. Yeah, that's crazy. Like that is. I mean, the thing is, I wasn't shocked today. I was. I was like, like they actually did. I was like, I can see them doing it. Yeah. I'm not surprised at all. Like they did auction. Like in the beginning and during the event, they did. They were auctioning auctioning off different items like a canvas and a like a, some a calligraphy um, yeah. sort of painting. And they were, they were auctioning them off for like one thousand, yeah, two thousand. Like, like yeah, exactly. People to, were putting in the shift. To like, geez, we're really doing it. Exactly. Man. To to groups of students present there. Yeah. Like, so it, it was beautiful to see and like it's very inspiring man so like it wasn't some like sleazy salesman that were in the back just buying yeah. anything it was like the students that were doing it like mm. people like us you know what i mean that were buying it and then and then like with the not jordan belford yeah not like it <laughs> like the international somali awards there were tickets there that went up for like Eight eight hundred pounds, and then it was just re-auctioned again. Yeah, literally, people were buying items and then saying, uh, "Give it back to the auction so we can re-auction it." Yeah, I mean, so, it's, yeah, it's crazy. exactly. What? Yeah, literally, the uh, people were buying the items and then saying, "I want to put it back up for charity, yeah. so people so we can raise even more, basically." So um, they would pay their bit, then they would resell it, and then someone else would buy it. Exactly. Like, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, I know. That was like it's it's the Exactly. Are you still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I even seen uh, what's his face, Mukhtar Ali, the, yeah. the footballer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and he said he's gonna match the donation because some of boys, his, his, his shirt, uh, signed shirt, shirt, a signed shirt of his. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He said he's gonna match that donation. So I mean, it's just literally just beautiful seeing again the cliche word that we used, the energy around <laughs> Somalis nowadays. It's beautiful. I really hate that word, but <laughs> the way people have abused it so nowadays. So do I, but I can't help but using it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> There's something just bad energy and bad exactly. vibrations. <laughs> Shut up, man. And all the all these Scorpios. <laughs> oh my days. <laughs> have you ever <laughs> have you ever spoken to someone? Horoscope have you ever spoken to someone and they'll like, they'll judge you by your horoscope sign? And I'm, I'm like, how do you even know, man? Like, <laughs> like, like, like oh, oh, all Scorpios are like that. And then I was like, oh, and then I, I was like, but well, I'm not a Scorpio. And I don't know my stars that I didn't. But I was like. <laughs> I'm not a Scorpio, and then she was like, "Oh, oh my uh, she was like, oh, I, 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 that's what that's what Pisces would say." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> I 
like, what are you playing at? Cut out of here, man. But yeah. Well, like, like, that's, that's a conversation killer for me. What is your star sign? Bro, what do you mean? I, I did the conversation off so quick. I, I just make it deadpan, make it real awkward. Yeah, I thought you were bad. You, yeah, you enjoy yourself them more, man. Stare at them. <laughs> do, do a staring contest, impromptu. <laughs> But yeah, just to wrap that up, yeah, we went to that event, and um, I'm not a uni- I'm not a university student, but they, they still welcomed me, and uh, there was a lot of non-university students that were there as well. So that was it was great to see that show of unity, and I hope that it, it continues uh, as long as we live, hopefully, inshallah. And um, all those people that are involved, uh, may God bless them, man. <laughs> I mean, and I hope that like I think they all got bright futures. Like you can see, all of them, they they're all smart people. All all have charisma. The hosts were great. The food was good. They organized all of that. The fact that they organized the event itself and got 350 Somalians, Somalis turn, <laughs> 350 Somalis turn up in the snow. It's like you know how it is in in in, the, in London, particularly the snow just turn, like shuts everything down. The other day, uh, nah, this morning there was a Tesco like there's a Tesco like downstairs from me in my house, and they literally shut because of the snow. They, they they had a leak and they shut for three days. Just because of snow, and it wasn't even a lot of snow. It was like two inches. Like, like, it was even two inches, like one inch, I'd say. The thing is that I don't even think the snow is the worst part uh, of this like weather predicament that we've had. Mm. It's the wind. Like it was so like it was an icy wind. Do you know what I mean? When you step outside, you feel like you're going north of the wall. Like it was just, it was insane. Bro, when we were recording last week, I swear down like the, the we were we we were like walking back. We were walking back home, and I was—he was walking to the bus stop. But I was walking home, and the the wind, the the cold. I said that it, like it was in my, I could feel it in my bones. I was like, yeah. "What is this?" Like I could feel it. I could feel my cartilage like freezing up. <laughs> oh my days! No, I was not back in this. I, I was not an advocate for this weather. Mm. No, I don't think anyone could is. never live in Canada or some shit like that, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, those guys are just like I was from the UK it guys was, complaining. <laughs> yeah, it was the first time I've actually looked outside and thought, if I was outside in my t-shirt, I would probably die. Mm. Like I would actually die. Yesterday I was literally indoors all day, uh, and but the thing, funny thing is I, I was at work most of the week as well. I was still, I was still braving it. I can't even say I was braving it. It was actually calm weather. It's the way people overreacted. It's just funny, man. Like, the whole, all the transport services were just cutting off. Like London's actually. The worst. <laughs> I don't know how, how bad Manchester was, but I don't think it was that bad in London. No, the snow's all gone now. You know, yeah, we yeah. don't literally there's no snow at, yeah, at yeah. all. Same, same. Like even yesterday there was no snow. Yeah, it's all it's all just rain here now. But yeah, standard London weather. Yeah. But yeah, that means very onto onto this episode. So this week we'll be talking about the Wolf of Wall Street. There's uh, the book and the film. We got Yasin on here to talk about it because he he does some interesting stuff with the <laughs> with his podcast. It's just random facts that I've never heard of, like Michael Jackson. Yeah, being... that Michael Jackson was a bit nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Shamaki's a fan of Michael Jackson too. So. <laughs> I love Michael Jackson, man. Yeah, I was just like, what? You could, what, what, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> All the castration stuff just had me good. I was like, yeah. yeah the whole. The, the yeah, I have no idea if this is true, thing. but I'm not gonna lie, it's a very compelling theory. <laughs> Yeah. So it's all a theory. I thought it was true, man. I was like, no, because it's from Yasin. It's a fact. I'm joking. I'm joking. I, 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 and uh, yeah, how do we know Yasin didn't make it up himself? How do you know Yasin's real? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't exist. I, I'm a computer general, but I'm artificial intelligence. He's the Somali Sophia. But yeah, so this week we'll be talking about the Wolf of Wall Street. But before we go into before we go into that, you got a little interesting challenge segment this week. So um, I decided that, um, it's funny because I keep saying um, but yeah, I was listening to 
I was at a work event and I was listening to all the speakers speak and doing their doing their thing and I was zoning out for a lot of them and then the ones that I were that I was actually paying attention to I started like paying attention to the cues in their in their gaps in the conversations that they were having and I was just paying attention to how they speak and like what what time they slow down what time they speed up like what time they raise their voice and I was also like paying attention to when they say um 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 and I can I can start seeing like you can start predicting it it's like they, they slow down and then you can just see it coming it's almost like it's almost amusing because when I'm editing the podcast I can see all the sound waves and I can see where all the arms are and yeah it, 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 when you pay attention to it it's just it, it's actually kind of funny so I came up with a challenge where I selected a bunch of words and one of us like each of us has to has to talk about each uh, around a, a word that they select so I got seven words I think and then um, one of like each of us are going to have to do a talk on them basically <laughs> it's a very random challenge um, and the forfeit for this is uh, what's the forfeit then so we, we tweet in something dodgy tweet yourself in dodgy <laughs> is that it? <laughs> this feels so soft you give me your bank account details okay I want to make sure I win this one you're not down for that yeah. alright so I think we'll just we'll we'll come up with a challenge. We'll come up with the forfeit after. We'll, we'll let the listeners decide. Originally, we were gonna do something physical, like hurt each other in some way. <laughs> this is all his idea. This is, this is what he was, I'll get Musa to that record. Was, it wasn't my idea. I was actually asking around like, people, what, "What do you think of a forfeit for this?" And I think I think Musa even said like chili or something. <laughs> but yeah, um, some people said drink chili. Some people said drink eggs. I was like, whoa, like, we actually have a, the rest of this podcast to do, like, we, we still have a book to talk about. No. Yeah, exactly. I have a very, very I, bad experience with eating chili. Chili? Yeah, so I, I remember one time when I was in uni, a bit of, <laughs> of diversion, <laughs> I was in uni and my friend said to me, like, yeah, seen? Because I hate chilies, innit? I don't like spices. Oh, right. And he offered me two pounds to eat one slice of jalapeno. Mm. Is that it? Yeah, that's a good deal to me. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, two pounds for a jalapeno. I mean, I hate chili. I don't hate it that much. I had the jalapeno, <coughs> my mouth is burning, I run to the tap. I don't run to the tap, but I walk over to the tap, you know. <laughs> I can't make myself seem too bad. <laughs> yeah, so I go over to the I'm tap, I drink some water. Tap, one size of jalapeno. Sprinted <laughs> <laughs> over there and just push my face inside. Uh, so I'm drinking loads of water and then like obviously it's not making it any cooler because it's just water, isn't it? So I'm drinking milk, yeah, I need to go drink some milk. Open the fridge, there's a bottle of milk there, I drink it. I feel all the lumps and the sour taste that was expired. Uh. <laughs> and then oh, and then I ran to the toilet and I vomited all out. I still got my two pound, but Allah, it was not right. <laughs> oh my days. How old are you when this happened? It wasn't just last week, man. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say I was at 21. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> my anger is two pounds though. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a fan of eggs. I've never been able to to do um, um egg back in challenges, the raw eggs, like just put it in a cup and nah, drink it. I, I, I've never, never, that. never ever. Nah, it, it doesn't really taste of anything. Nah, but it's the texture. The texture is just disgusting. Mm-hmm. Bro, that slime, yeah. When it goes down your throat, oh my days! Like, <laughs> I made it sound very graphic. <laughs> like what? Before by that way. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So the words for the challenge. So basically, every time someone says, um, I'm going to note it down. And then if I, when it's my turn, they'll note it down. And the person who ends up with the most erms basically has to do a forfeit. So we've got seven words and each of us has to talk about one word, like randomly. And then the word that gets talked, uh, the, the word that gets done already will get removed from the list. So, sorry. So the words are, no, the words or phrases are Arsenal fans. 
<laughs> Ostrich oil. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Calf. I don't know if that, that's the animal or the, or the body part. Yeah, we'll let the person decide. Favorite painting. Octopus. <laughs> Architecture and furniture. <laughs> I don't know why, but yeah, who wants to go first? Should you rock paper scissors? Yeah, that sounds like you're volunteering to me. Yeah. Sounds like I'm volunteering. Yeah, absolutely. I think I'm only the yeah. last one. <laughs> I heard some enthusiasm I... in your voice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got. I think octopus is my passion. In, but I'm not. No, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> <Can't remember. laughs> Let's see. All right, I'll go first then. And yeah, uh, we'll time it. We'll say two minutes. You gonna note it down? Just note down how much time I seem because uh, um, I, I think I'm gonna break the record here. I'm definitely gonna lose. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no confidence in myself for this one. I'm notorious for this stuff. But yeah, you know what? I'm taking the easy one. Arsenal fans. I hate you guys. <laughs> start the start, start, stop button now, yeah? Yeah. Are you doing it? One minute? Yeah. You know what? That's the thing. You get you let me go first, I got I got to pick. Thirty seconds. Yeah. I think one minute soon. Like thirty seconds of me hating Arsenal fans, I don't think that's enough man. Cool. I'll do one minute first, starting from now. So, Arsenal fans, why are you guys always talking every week on what grounds? You know when someone has an argument for something, they usually come up with evidence, they usually come up with facts that they, they've facts that they can back up their case, you know? But these Arsenal fans, yeah. <laughs> every week they're coming here talking nonsense. I don't know I don't know what I don't know what like grounds they get this from, but yeah, they'll lose a match. And then, like the next day they'll be coming at you like, well, like what happened to your team? And I'm just like, yo, you guys haven't won anything big in, in fifteen years. You, you can see how easy this is for me now. <laughs> it's, it's a passionate argument. <laughs> so these guys, yeah, they haven't won any major trophies since what, two thousand and five. They went on being for one season, like these all these pointless records yeah. You know what? I'm, I'm actually doing pretty well right now. I'm pleasing myself. <laughs> <laughs> all these all these pointless records yeah but they'll still come in here and rub it in our faces like every week and i'm a london i'm a londoner and i support man united yeah and they'll be like oh you're a londoner and you support man united. why you, what, like no, that's enough it's enough is that enough <laughs> that's a minute <laughs> what i've been cut off uh you know what? that sounds like zero arms to me you know you did pretty well no that was it uh-huh. listen to me that's that's a topic that I, I knew i could win <laughs> Alright, so, so no zero arms, but, but shall we do? Shall we also do like a what do you call it? Shall we do like a thing where we have to evaluate the performance, say like the argument was good enough or not? Well, <coughs> say if it was a com- convincing talk or not. Well, it's your, if, if we're judging on your one, it just went over my head. I was just listening out for the, for um, the arms, yeah. So what do you think? I think should we should, uh, we should we evaluate the talks as well? Yeah, why not? I mean, it brings an extra dimension to the whole thing, so <laughs> right. I'm cool with that. We'll value the talks at the end, but the arms are big points. Um, um, who's going to go next there? you got ostrich oil, calf, favourite painting, octopus, architecture and furniture. I got off so easily there. <coughs> yeah, I I've, been, I've, been pushing, I've been pushing ostrich oil, so I'll do that. <laughs> ostrich oil. I like ostrich oil. oil. Oh my God. Oh, he's making he's making notes right now. Yeah, yeah I can hear him typing. Sorry, <laughs> I said you're making notes right now on Australia. Yeah, you're just gonna read I'm off the about, I've got the notes in my head. Oh, I know more about Australia than you do about Arsenal. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> where does the oil come from? Can I ask questions? Huh? Are the FAQs at the yeah. end? <laughs> yeah, we'll have a whole question and answer session. I'm, I'm doing a seminar next week All right. uh, on Australia. <laughs> All right, go then, Australia. You go one minute. Yeah. 
Just say go. And yeah. I'm ready to go. Go. Okay, so ostrich oil is one of the inventions of the 21st century that not many people know about. Oh and it has God. been groundbreaking. And the reason why is because there was a man by the name of Larry Ostrich from 25 years ago. This man used to walk around and he had terminal cancer. I'm afraid it's terminal. Yeah? Oh and as he was walking around one time, he realized, okay, this cancer's not really doing me any good. That's an ostrich. He squeezed the ostrich until all of the oils and, and the fatty acids and the juices were extracted from the ostrich. Uh, and he ingested this oil and it cured him of his cancer. So, lo and behold, Larry, he was called Larry Bird. He was a basketballer. He changed his name to Larry Ostrich. He wanted to be a little bit more specific. So that's how Larry Bird, the basketballer, became Larry Ostrich. And he became faster as well. I think that's a minute. Is that a minute? That was 53 seconds. That was amazing. That Buy some ostrich oil, guys. Enjoy it. <laughs> some good shit. Oh my god. That was cracking up the whole time. I think you had one arm, though. Sorry? I think you had one arm, though. Oh, fuck. I had the hair. because I had my ostrich oil yeah, this morning. I'm going to clean it off the record. <laughs> one doesn't mean nothing after that amazing talk. Oh my god. <laughs> Listen, an arm is an arm. <laughs> uh, you got one arm, but a beautiful talk. <laughs> I, think, I think he's winning it right now. I'll keep it going with something good. So you got calf, favorite painting, octopus, architecture, furniture. Uh, let's do, let's do furniture. Furniture. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to see what you do with this. Uh, three, two, one, go. You know, when we talk about furniture, I don't mean furniture as in, you know, your housing stuff. What I mean is, uh, well, I need to start slowing it down. <laughs> what I mean is furniture and, and, and books genres you know um you what <laughs> furniture <laughs> furniture are special things you know um, yeah, i see we're winning <laughs> <laughs> i forgot the name of this game um <laughs> he's crumbling <laughs> oh man all right that's it what, you, is that it? <laughs> no, no i'm not done i'm not done i've got 40 seconds oh 20 seconds Furniture, god damn it. <laughs> it's made of wood. Forget the book thing I was talking about, that messed me up. The book set me up. Furniture is, is good, we sit on it. <laughs> we create it. Stop! That was such a hazard. Oh, oh my god. god. That, was, that, that was hilarious. I had, I had a very good picture in my mind of what I was going to talk about. But it was the first. Um, <laughs> Oh man, I'm actually, my stomach actually hurt from laughing. Oh, I'm actually crying. <laughs> you are such an arsehole. You know what the worst thing was? I, should, I knew more about architecture. I should have just. <laughs> I swear, Paul, your degree is architecture. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is, no, the bit that got me was that like, furniture is good, you sit on it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's just what it came down to. I mean, after your one was just utter BS. <laughs> At first, I was like, this, oh, this it's cute. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, what? what part of Usher did he squeeze? That's what I want to know. God knows. Yeah, turn into do, they, do they have others? Oh, you grab it by its legs and then its head, and then you. you I'm a George Nessa, you know what I'm saying? You've know, got so many questions for that one. <laughs> oh, man. I think I think yeah, I've seen the one there. Oh, Shimaki, you absolutely grumpy. Uh, I, I was like, okay, um, <laughs> I'm relishing this. <laughs> I'm relishing this wolf. Oh, my. <laughs> why'd you take Arsenal first? <laughs> you let me go first. I don't know why you guys didn't think about that. Uh, 
but thank you very much. That was a, that was that was actually one of the funniest challenges we've done so far. I think. That was really good. I enjoyed uh, that. And the fact that, that Yasin came up with his Oshido with no arms, so that's the talent right there. There was an arm that And then he he weaved in his podcast as well. Did you see? That? <laughs> Some shameless self plugging. Yeah, he did the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> And he swung it, and then he swung it back around to Larry Bird. Oh man, that was that was ingenious right there. Oh, uh, you know what, mate? I, I gotta buy you some presents for that. I think we were gonna have a giveaway. The, we we're gonna have a giveaway, and then but no, I don't think we should. Give, I think we should just send money to him. Like, just give us your yeah, ideas, please. Oh man, teach us, please, teach us. But uh, thank you very much for that. That was that was beautiful. And I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think we're gonna try that again in the future. You know, that, that's like a thing that you can practice to get the arms out of your system. But yeah, that's the challenge section over. And this week we're going to go into Wolf of Wall Street, so Shimaki's going to talk about that. Go on. No arms. I like the way you just put me in there. <laughs> yeah, so basically this one we're going to be talking about. Now I'm just very conscious of this whole arm rubbish. Uh, and there we go. <laughs> so with this one here we're going to be talking about the Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, have you seen the film? No, I haven't seen the film. Yeah, I've have seen the film seen? twice or three times actually. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I love it. It's good. Um, <coughs> with with this one here, what we're gonna do is basically talk about who this Jordan Belfort guy is and the differences between how he wrote the book and how he wrote the whole whole movie stuff. Well, he didn't write the movie DiCaprio did, but... What, DiCaprio wrote it? Him and some other guy, they wrote the screen thing. Okay. Uh, together. But yeah, um, so the first book for the book was written in uh, 2007 uh, by Jordan Belfort. And so it's, it's actually written by him? Yeah, and the book was actually written by him. Uh, he was inspired to do it by some guy who he met in, in prison to basically to do like motivational talks to sort of like redeem himself. Um, you know who that guy was? You know, have you heard of Cheech and Chong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of them two, I think it was Chong. Uh, yeah, it was, I think it was like Tommy Chong or something like that. Yeah, yeah. He's, well, he's, the one that, that's well, he's the one that spoke to Jordan about it. Yeah, about Yeah, they were, they, were, they were sharing a cell or something. Yeah. Oh man, that's mad. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, Yeah, so basically... Imagine sharing a cell and you just come up, you just come up like your cellmate is some interesting guy that like, he asks you your story and then you tell him and you're just like, no, nah, there's no way I can believe this. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> then what are you in here for stories? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, what are you in here for? I stole, I stole a film. What about you? <laughs> oh, I, I stole I had ripped off old people for penny stocks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> basically messed up the whole economy of America. <laughs> yeah, he, he was a really, like, tactless guy. Um, yeah, so he basically wrote this book about the the life that he sort of lived from, like, the 1990s to, like, 1996, where he started off his own company called Stratton Oatmont, and that was after his, he, his company, basically, that he first went into when he was getting into stockbroking. Um, I forgot it was that something Rothschild. Yeah. Um, they they basically uh, closed down, and then he went into try and find another like investment broker, and they taught him about you know like penny stocks and how much commission that you could get from that, and that's why he was like, well, 
telling me we can get this much from uh, that amount. Because uh, in when he was working for like the Wall Street guys, the guys in commission get like maybe 10% if they're lucky um, on the sales that they make. So he basically got into that and then he started off his own company. And when he did, they just started, you know what I mean, just gassing up um, share prices. Like it was called like, so it was called like a pump and dump where they would sort of big up like small crappy companies which were like penny stocks penny stocks are like anything that is like five dollars or below um they'll be gassing those ones up and getting insiders and people like in the business index or uh like profiles to like big up these small companies make them big so then a lot of people start investing money make into them it. seem big yeah. Yeah, make them seem big, obviously, but they're lying the whole time. Yeah. Um, so then a lot of people start putting their money into it, start, you know, changing the shares. And um, so the higher the shares, the more that they get from it. And then after that, they just sort of dump all the penny shares on it because obviously the company isn't really worth that much mm. either. And um, so the person that's investing loses a lot of money, but the person that's selling it the stockbroker is making like crazy amounts of money yeah. like in his book he talks about how his starting the guys that were starting would make like 150 yeah. grand a year um, and then they would make like 250 grand a year and if they weren't making a million uh, or more by the third year they were considered weak yeah. and it just goes to show like how much <coughs> these guys were like literally literally on it can you believe that people were that vulnerable that like they don't like do background checks or anything like to, to see if what they were saying is it's true? But nah, not really, because like most times as well, it's like say you've got money to invest, mm. like you you kind of trust these people to get the job done, mm. and it is. I guess it's a reputable. Yeah, brand. and it is like also illegal for them to be misleading you. Yeah, which is the whole. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Kevin, you give me one shot here on a blue chip stock like Kodak. And believe me, Kevin, the only problem you're gonna have is that you didn't buy more. Sound fair enough? Uh, <laughs> my wife might divorce me, but yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so obviously with that in, in, in the back of their minds. I, I think a lot of it comes down to the packaging as well, like. The packaging is in like how they sell it. Yeah, so like Strat Stratford Oakman, like that's a very prestigious sounding name, like just thinking about that. If a company called that called you, you'd automatically assume that they are very like they're trustworthy. It's, it's a trustworthy sounding name. Repeatable. Yeah. yeah. Um and it's just the way yeah. the way these guys do it on the phone, like the scene where DiCaprio was on the phone and everyone's watching him. I think that was very powerful because like just yeah. with his voice. The way that they've like scripted it out and stuff. Yeah, exactly. He manipulated them completely. Yeah. Um and there was actually like a lot of people were sort of hating on the way that he wrote his book because on his book um it, he was like bragging most of the time yeah. like about how much money he made and how he managed to like um mislead these people in a way it wasn't like oh, i'm very like sad about this and whatnot but like even from the first chapter um he starts talking about like his yard and how expensive it is and how he's got an 18,000 pound dollar uh, watch on his wrist and spending like 80k a year just on like rubbish. Do you think he's doing that for a purpose? Huh? Do you think he done that for a purpose? 
like to to show people the contrast of what he'd done then. maybe um but because uh, a lot of people what they had the problem with was in the movie um that DiCaprio was also showing that boyish lifestyle um rather than showing like making it more of like the detriment okay um, but what DiCaprio was like sort of saying to like sort of defend his part on it was that um that he was making it ironic how like because he's got because he said that uh, with like Scorsese who was directing the movie um, with his other movies and stuff when he's talking when he's making them about gangsters and criminals he's essentially showing their lifestyle and how mad it is because that's because <clears throat> it's from their perspective yeah. that's like their lifestyle yeah um, and the irony is always that people when they watch it they're always like well like these guys are doing some crazy stuff like because obviously when he's he's like taking cocaine all the time yeah all these no all one, different drugs yeah no one looks at that and says hey you know what that's a cool thing he's doing it's like because he's constantly taking cocaine I'm glad he's taking it and then he just he's still trying to go about his normal activities yeah. like flying helicopters yeah, and stuff. people watching they're like sort of detached from him like mm. well look at this guy and what he's doing people are just watching him and his life type of thing that's what DiCaprio was saying but people were saying that they needed it to be more sh- like wary that what he was doing was like some like very very bad guy. <laughs> it's not gonna make you rich and it's not gonna make you poor but what this trade will do is serve as a benchmark for future business guy. and then you'll know for sure that you finally found a broker on wall street that you can trust and who can consistently make you money sound fair enough no yeah, you're, I guess I'm pretty impressed. What do you? I don't know. What do you? What do you think? Yeah, I was reading the, the helicopter scene, and I was like, in my head, I was like, imagine there's some guy right, like right now, above your head, flying a helicopter, and he's just off his head on like cocaine, like crazy. I was like, yo, just imagine. <laughs> yeah, freak out. <laughs> I don't, what yeah. I took from from the book was was that like no amount of money and having a supermodel wife and having make you happy. Your, yeah will make you happy like, like at the end of, yeah. at the end of the book the guys and even at the end of the film like the guy's life is basically ruined he's going to jail even if he wasn't going to jail he's desperately unhappy he hates his life um it reminds me of like one thing that jim carrey was saying which is like i hope every one of you achieves all of his dreams and becomes rich and famous and then you'll realize that's not that's not it that's not what you're yeah, looking for yeah. it will not fill that void mm. I've, you know, Jim Carrey is like surprisingly like <laughs> motivational. Like people just see his comedy side, but yeah, I was like watching random YouTube videos and he actually does a lot of motivational speeches and a lot of insightful things that you never expect it from Jim Carrey. My father could have been a great comedian, but he didn't believe that that was possible for him, and so he made a conservative choice. Instead, he got a safe job as an accountant, and when I was 12 years old, he was let go from that safe job, and our family had to do whatever we could to survive. I learned many great lessons from my father, not the least of which was that you can fail at what you don't want. So you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. So actually go and check it out if you like. I feel like a lot of people up there like that have made their now rich and and famous and all of that stuff, they like hide their their problems. Because mm. a lot of these 100%. guys are like especially Miserable. what happens with like Disney kids when they have oh, yeah, so yeah. much success at a young age and then with all that money and like free time <laughs> they just start bugging up you yeah. know what I mean um, 
it's like it's like one of those things where if money comes at you and it's just so accessible because mm-hmm. right now like we're not like making that much money so obviously money's like a massive tool right now but when money's just coming in then it's just like when is in excess you mean yeah no whenever it's in excess it's just like you know what I mean you're, you're not that attached to it you're just able to throw away it's like having it's like if your rich dad bought you a Lamborghini you're not really that attached to that Lamborghini compared mm. to if like I guess you worked day in day out and you bought yourself like a Nissan Micra mm. that was like extending your budget mm. then you're obviously gonna love that Micra more yeah. than like that person would do to a Lamborghini so, yeah that's why they say like that's why they say people that win the lottery like something like 80 percent or 90 percent of people that win the lottery will become bankrupt within like three or four years because there is no direct result like when when you become rich through your hard work then your brain builds builds a pattern where it's like okay if i work hard and i plan and i and i graft i will get more money so once you are at the level where you have that money you've learned those lessons whereas if you just get a chunk of money like that you don't you don't see yeah. the same literally what you were saying you don't see the same value and the same hard work yeah, attached see, to that yeah you don't you just see it as like a little freebie yeah it's a handout exactly yeah literally yeah so <clears throat> you know it's another thing of if, if you have everything given to you at one time you, you don't know how to value what you don't have you get me yeah so that's that thing it's like um, when you're working hard and you're like everything you're doing is like morally correct ethically, ethically correct like you can see um, where you like there's parts of your life that, that you don't enjoy and then like you strive to, to make yourself better in that way but when you're like, like they said yeah, when you're everything's handed to you one time then yeah you, you don't have that value and then it, it means nothing at the end of the day and yeah, that messes up your life yeah well the thing about him I think he's a, uh, Jordan Belfort I'm talking about he's a bit different though because I think he yeah. did work hard for his stuff like I mean he's a scumbag he worked in a very bad way yeah. but he did work hard for it so maybe yeah. his his thing about it is uh, I, th- I think that comes down to hard on money you know if you mm. if you scam people for your money you'll blow it it's the same with drug dealers and, and yeah. scammers like credit card scammers and that they just end up blowing the money on useless shit <laughs> yeah and they never like no <laughs> yeah. one really gets far that way doing doing whatever you know yeah, long term that way yeah because mm. like you know what I mean everyone's thinking about like yeah I need money now I need money now but like you're gonna be 34 like if you if you if you live that long eventually what I mean is like you're gonna age anyway and you and you're gonna be like a 34 year old who's still selling drugs or you're gonna be like a 34 year old that's actually doing well for himself I think it comes down to what you value in life and what you don't like things like family religion things like what you believe in because most people like if like with these guys it's not like they don't have obviously their morals is the problem yeah. they do value like their family and what not some people get into like drug selling because they want to help their family because there is no like no money but the thing is it's like because they're in that that lifestyle they're always going to have to live that fast lifestyle they're going to have to make compromises yeah so it's either like you be patient for five years where, where nothing will happen but you're just working on your graft um, and then in the next five years that all pays off yeah. or you go really fast now in, in, in five years and then the next five years you start losing everything bit by bit mm. because it's, cause whenever you're making money like illegally it's just like you know I mean there's no blessings in the money mm. it's just you're, you're seeing the money go and you don't even know where it's going mm. 
in terms of the film, was a, a did they exaggerate the action scenes? Because in the book, is yeah, just a lot of action. They exact no, they exaggerated some scenes. Like there wasn't the midget throwing thing. What there wasn't in the in the film there wasn't. Yeah, no, in the film there was in the book. What there was? I think they they, they started talking about it in the book as well. Yeah, yeah, I know, but in the book it wasn't like they don't the way they don't that, describe exactly yeah. how it was done. Yeah, it yeah, wasn't. It's like, all a mad. That when you get all that money is is like what what you consider as, as entertainment, entertainment. to keep yourself entertained because like you done you've already done all the normal things like you're in you've already done like the golfing yeah. meeting with the president all that stuff you've already done all that so to, to get that next level of like that, that dopamine dopamine or whatever that little injection of happiness you you end up doing some weird stuff <laughs> yeah, for a while they took like a lot of drugs because yeah they were just bored of uh, like their reality and one time I was listening to uh, some guy called Alan Watts. Yeah. And what he was talking about was that people, um, there was these British guys that went to like these Buddhists to try and get like the elixir of life, like to see if they could like live forever. Um, and in the in the in real life, huh? Yeah. Because <laughs> they thought like these Buddhist guys lived forever. So they so well, probably the same people getting scammed by Jordan Belfort. <laughs> <laughs> Just one big market. <laughs> yeah, Give me some money. They, they go to like Indonesia. Now. The guy that's doing the guy that's doing all the Buddhist stuff is Jordan Brown. <laughs> He's, He's like, so you got, you got sixty seconds? <laughs> Let me tell you, I can live forever. <laughs> yeah. So basically, um, and then in their like sort of, they they came to this conclusion where it was like, um, let's say you had all the riches. And yeah. you lived forever. Yeah. Would that be something that you would want? Mm. Because the worst thing would be for you to know what what's going to happen the next day. Because mm. if like you're rich and I say you can live forever, then you know that nothing's going to be different to tomorrow. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like um, like you know when like these games that we play that they like they've got I forgot what it's called, but basically like have you played New Star Soccer? Yeah. 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 Yeah, with like new star soccer, you know when you upgrade and you build up and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Each of those like releases some kind of chemical in your brain, like of like um, achievement. Yeah. But with each each day is like got such a random reference. Yeah. With each day, <laughs> yeah, I never thought I'd hear like, that name again. Yeah. <laughs> with each day is like you're you're achieving something, so you're sort of looking forward to it. Yeah. you're looking forward to the next day to like sort of achieve something but yeah. if it's like the same thing again and again and again because you've got nothing to reach mm. you know what I mean it's like those games where you've reached the top and then every day is just the same thing mm. um, so then that would like mess the person up so then obviously they were like yeah we're not we're not down for that anymore mm. that was the very summarized version of what he was talking about but essentially that's what it was so in terms of action they they, they added some scenes in is what you're saying for the films? So the films, Competitive. Yeah, yeah, they they made it a bit more like engaging. Even though the film was uh, like it was essentially the same thing really, because mm. the book it's not like he he brought it down a notch. Mm. It was like he the book was, was just like full on hundred percent, hundred miles per hour the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> but yeah, 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 yeah um, absolutely. That, yeah, that, it, this guy took so many drugs that you're thinking, like, how is this guy still alive? And it's portrayed both in the book and in the film. So yeah. I think, I think the lives the were way, portrayed but... pretty accurately in both. Mm. And he even says in the, he even says like early on in the book, he's like, I, I don't know how I'm alive. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
after, after doing all these things, uh, you know, something that's so you know, after reading Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, this guy's just, <laughs> he's immune to everything. a contrast between them three, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <Massive> I think <laughs> it's like these guys were doing so much good, and they knew that eventually, you know, I mean, death was like an option. Mm. But this guy, he's just doing so many bad things, and he's like, I'm skipping past death. Yeah, exactly. That's a good little analogy, that. <laughs> the madness is like now he's actually making like he's estimated to make a uh, hundred uh, million. Dude, he's still alive? Yeah. What's he doing now? He's, he's, he does. He does. Like, Have you seen his persuasion uh, videos on YouTube? Yeah, you know, like his classes are like thirty k. I, I can see like, why the guy can talk so well. He does. He, he bro, there's no arms so well. in his speech. You, you can give a talk about nah, ostrich eggs and bro, him. Bro, he could sell <laughs> your own child. <laughs> <laughs> He'll make you pay for your child. <laughs> Free or not? Oh, like, yeah, sure, I'll take him. I'll take two. <laughs> Excellent choice, Kevin. How much you want to go for this time? Let's do five, five thousand dollars. We try eight thousand, Kevin. All right, let's do ten. Ten. You want to do that? Excellent choice, Kevin. Let me lock in that trade right now and get back to you in a few minutes with an exact confirmation, Kevin. Right. And welcome to Stratton Oakmont. Thanks, man. I'm gonna have a beer. Right? <laughs> it's fun. Take it easy, Kev. Any closing thoughts? <laughs> Um, I thought, I thought Margaret Robbie did a great job because yeah, you know his, the woman who played his wife, um, especially yeah, with like yeah. the accent, that the Boston accent or Brooklyn, yeah. I think it was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. it. That's a bit of a random thought, but yeah, that's, that's all I had. That's all. That's all, huh? <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing. That's that's literally my only thought about the whole film. Her accent's pretty good. The rest of the film is shit. <laughs> uh, oh, Jonah Hill as well. Jonah Hill. Apparently, he only got paid about sixty k because. Um, He's seen as the fat guy, the fat, funny guy in films. Yeah. So he struggled to go into yeah. a serious role. I think this was one of his first serious roles that he did. Um, uh, and he played like the right hand man of Leonardo DiCaprio. He played uh, Danny. Donny Azoff. Uh, yeah. Which is Danny, basically. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, he, he did a right, six. So, so would you recommend really it to. The film? So, so, would you recommend the book or the film? or? You say um, that they the cover film the will same give, give thing. you the same as the book. Yeah, like I, I, I enjoyed the film. I thought the book was good as well, but mm. but I can appreciate mm. that it's not for everyone. Yeah, but you should. Yeah, same thing really. Um, it's like the book and the film. They they sort of they they very yeah. It's not like one tried to make it any better or anything mm. like that. But obviously. Um, yeah, it's just to understand this guy's crazy life, I guess. <laughs> the madness is he did. There are some things to take up from it, like his, his uh, salesmanship. Yeah. Although that is like completely wrong what he was selling, but in terms of like the techniques and how he done it and stuff like that, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? That's, there are some stuff you could take from it, mm -hmm. um, like how, because he actually did build up his company anyway. Yeah. But yeah. Alright then, I think it sounds like a good one. Then. I'm gonna definitely go watch it now. I don't know why I've been putting it off for so long. I was gonna watch it this week, but yeah, I just didn't get around to it. But, yeah, I, Martin it's Scott a time, Shady, I think, man. Like two hours plus. Yeah. But, yeah, I'll definitely watch it soon. And yeah, you guys recommended it, so I'll, I'll have a look. But yeah, thank you very much for listening. Um, Yasin, you wanna do the last plug? Final plug? Uh, yeah, so check out my podcast, guys. I'm afraid it's terminal, it's on SoundCloud. Um, Inspire is the shit as well, so I'll carry on listening to that. Um, yeah, that's it. Thank you very much for having me, lads. I enjoyed this. Thank you very much for coming.
I, I enjoyed it too, man. That, that ostrich talk, I'll, I'll remember it for life now. <laughs> I think I'm gonna go go yeah, go, gonna go, go on Amazon people. straight. <laughs> ostrich oil, <laughs> buy the <laughs> You ever heard of Yeah, I'm definitely gonna be looking Amazon right now. Tell these people where Larry Bird came from. <laughs> where he got his skills from. <laughs> but yeah, thank you very much for listening. Um, in the near future, we plan on going to a couple of events. One's um, next Friday as well. Uh, so they're mostly lit. That's another podcast about reading. Um, well, they cover books and pop culture and stuff. So we're going to that event. Um, if you guys want to turn up to that, we'll see you there probably. And then we're gonna be performing again. We're doing a little poetry performance again on March the 17th. Um, at Just Rhyme, so make sure you buy tickets for that. Um, we had the host for that event. We had him on for episode seven last time, and he's having another event on the seventeenth. So make sure you tune into that. Um, sorry, I've seen for holding you. I know it's cool. <laughs> Thank you very much for appearing. Like, we really enjoyed that one. So yeah, if you got any other books that you want to catch up on another time, let us know. We'll have you yeah, on. Absolutely, I'd love to come on again, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Apologies for the sound quality here. In this episode, we are sitting in a cafe again <laughs> because of schedule problems. But um, it was a very fun episode with Yasin, and we plan on doing some more collaborations in the near future. And we've got some guests coming up from episode 15 through to episode 19, so keep an eye out for those guys. And we're also planning to do a giveaway real soon for these loyal listeners. So if you enjoy the podcast, please make sure you share it, review, like, follow on all our social media. Please make sure you do all that. It helps us out by boosting where we can be seen so other people can discover us as well thank you very much for listening have a great week